I feel that we've, we've come into a time of encouragement. I feel God wants to encourage us. It's been a, a time of pushing, and you guys have been faithful. And I know I sound like a stuck record for, for the kids. Do you know what a record is? An LP, it's a thing that used to turn around, you know, with a little needle that made music, but sometimes it would hook and it would get stuck, and the same sound would, and the same sound would, and the same sound would, and the same, it would do that. Remember that. Kids, you don't know. Okay. Maybe it's a bad example. Anyway, I sound, I sound like a short song on repeat. Okay. Um, just to commend you guys in what you've, what you've been doing. I mean, twice, like, twice last week, within 10 minutes, two people were hosted separately. Like, I, I send a message out on WhatsApp, and within 10 minutes, they are sorted. They are hosted for a week. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, we were talking amongst elders, how do you measure the health of a congregation? How do you measure people's hearts? Is it how loud they shout in front here? Is it how much money they tithe? Is it how many people come to the meeting? I think all those things, you can see some things in them. But that I'm taking as an encouragement, how people respond, how quick people are to respond. You guys have been giving. You guys have been tithing. Uh, the things I've heard, people, where's Marlies? She, she stood in the sun at the special access it's 4.12. She, didn't, she entered for 4.12 and never got a session. But she stood in the sun with the crows. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That's, I would think that's a raw deal if I was her. But God rewards us in different ways, Marlies. So. <laughs> anyway. And then we all got to attend this thing called, called 4.12 and the, the 4.12 conference. If you weren't there... Ask a friend, okay? I'm not going to go into that. But that was kind of like surgery, right? It was like, oh, every time another session, there were eight sessions, all amazing. And, I mean, we received impartation. There was revelation. There was apostolic input. And we experienced God anew in a new way. Worship was incredible. I mean, there was talk about being better together, ne? And, and And unity and how to deal with offense, I hope. I hope they don't see this in the UK. Um, about being teachable, uh, about in getting into relationship with God, all these things. And it was like, Andrew spoke about this one where there's a, a sword pointed at your heart. He's, he's, he's bringing his sword to your heart and challenging you. And how do you respond to that? So it's really been feeling like we've, we've had surgery, you know. So now it's just like, can we just recover? Okay, so you can relax. Tonight is nothing like that. You can just relax. Tonight's like a recovery evening, Okay. But I do think it's important that we hold on to the things that's been imparted. It's been such a treasure, and we've been moved forward. But we mustn't slide back to what we were like. God has moved us forward. He's giving us this opportunity. He's given us a leg up. Now let's stay there. You know, when you, when you uh, I don't know, watch a rock climbing documentary or something, if you go rock climbing, you normally climb in pairs. You climb with ropes. So one person will climb up a section of rope. It's called a pitch. And it's maybe 20 meters, sometimes maybe even 30 meters long, which is 30 meters is like 10 stories, okay? But so you climb up this rock face, whether it's hard or not. But you'll get to a point where, okay, this is far enough, and my rope can't go further anyway. And then you have to secure yourself. It's called a belay station. You have to set up a belay station. So imagine you climb up this wall, and you get to the top there, and now say this wall continues like way higher up there, you have to set up a belay station, so you put in proper anchors into the rock. You put hooks in or a 
cam or something that locks yourself in, locks you in, so you're secure. You don't have to just cling on, you know, like Spider-Man. You can actually relax, and then you can manage the ropes and help the other person up to where you are, and then that person climbs on again, and you've got the safety point that even if they would fall, you'd catch them because you are safe. You have a safety point. That's kind of how rock climbing works if you do sport climbing like that. And it's important to set up a belay station there. That station must be secure. So what you've gained in terms of how you've ascended, you secure. You lock it in. You throw anchors there. And it's a sense that as we've been climbing, as we've been gaining ground, this is a time of, okay, let's put in some anchors. Let's set up a belay station. Let's not lose what God's done. That's kind of what I want, want to talk about tonight. I just want to encourage us about that. Because things easily get stolen. Things get neglected. I mean, if I watch my cars, I try not to let them rust, but you're they rust. I do live close to the sea, but my television rusts. Everything rusts. It's like everything goes, everything deteriorates. Like if you don't maintain it, it deteriorates. Have you guys found that? If you don't, like, you put something on the shelf and then a year later you come, this thing is rusted. It's not, the zip isn't even working anymore or whatever, you know? It's, it's, you have to, like, lock things in and um, make sure that they, that, they, that they stay in current, you know? That you don't lose what you've got. So let's not slide back to what we knew before, even as a congregation or where we were before. We've been moving forward. Let's, let, let's stay there. It's a sense as if, like in Acts 17.30, it says, in the past, God overlooked these things in the past, but now He commands all people everywhere to repent. So there's definitely a sense of it's, it's been like that. You've been like that. That's been a season. Now there's a change, and I'm, bringing, I'm calling a new standard. I'm calling a new truth. It's time for everyone. Thanks, Clayton. So what is, what is God calling, calling us to? Okay, now, there's very much a sense of, you know, God is not, he's not caught up in time. He's never late. You know, it's, time is his. He can step into it, out of it. He created time. We, I, don't, I can't really understand it, but he's not, time is no problem for him. But he's definitely, there's something around time. I feel God is telling us something about time, about the past and the present and where he's taking us. There's this, um, I mean, if you've traveled, if you've traveled or tried to catch a plane or a train or maybe even a bus, it might be like, oh, I mustn't miss this bus. And if you ever come to a bus station where the bus is supposed to leave or train station and say it's the five o'clock train and you're there at one minute to five and you're rushing down to the platform like there's no train you know okay has the train left or is the train not there yet okay in south africa you really don't know you know probably train is probably burning an hour you know the pre, it's probably not there but but let, let's pretend we're in a place where the trains work okay so you get there and you ask the, the guy in the ticket office what time is it you know what time? In the train. And because the clock above you says two minutes past five, my watch says on the dot five, and the, you know, the, the internet on my phone says two minutes to five. And, and the story goes that the ticket guy goes, it doesn't matter which watch you look at, the train's gone. It doesn't matter what the time is. The five o'clock train, no matter when, when he left, it left. You've missed the train, whether you're late or early. And um, the point of that story is let's, 
let's be on God's time. It doesn't matter what time we look at, but the one that, that counts, the timing that counts is God's time. God's time is moving forward. We can use other clocks and our own schedules, but God's time is the right time. Let's not miss what He's doing, because there's very much a, a sense of there's a past and there's a going forward, and he's, there are these opportunities in our lives where there are changes, and we can either catch that train or we can miss that train. Make sense? Okay, I just want to keep on talking about that a little bit. Um, yeah. Numbers 14, verse 39 to 45. Clayton, don't worry about it. Um, it's just uh, it's a story where the, the Israelites, they, um, they were supposed to possess Canaan, and, and, uh, and they said no. The Israelites like, no, Lord, I don't want to do it. And then the next day, they go, okay, now, now we should do it. And they went. And Moses was telling them, don't do it. You want you, wanted you to do it yesterday. They were a day late. It wasn't aligned with God's will, and they got slaughtered. Because they were one day off. I mean, 40 years in the desert, one day off. You know? They got killed. One day too late. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 says... There's an appointed time for everything and a time for every event under heaven. What is not under heaven? There's a time for everything. There's a, this time that you are sitting here right now, you're supposed to be here. There was an appointed time for you. And, in, and if you just happen to be here today and you don't know Jesus, this may be an appointed time that Jesus has for you as well. It's important to understand the timings and the seasons that God ordains for our lives because they are ordained. There's a time for reaping, and don't try and, and sow in a reaping time, and vice versa. And there's a time for resting. Don't run then. And there's a time for running. Don't rest then. What are the, what's the timing of God? Let's, let's catch that. Doing even the right thing at the wrong time won't work. So don't miss that train. So the question is then, what time is it now, today? Where are we and what is God doing with this congregation? Because He's not just maintaining us day after day until one day we hopefully go to heaven. No, He's taking us somewhere. I've been saying this before. He's taking, He has a job for us to do. He wants us to expand the kingdom. It's not like, okay, we're this holy huddle and we love Jesus. Those things are true, but we're actually an army going out to build His kingdom. We're not here for ourselves. So what time is it now? And I believe, and we've been, we've been checking it with the, with the elders and with what's been happening, but it's a time to set up a belay station right now. It's a time to, to make safe and lock in and put on anchors in terms of what we have learned over the past season, the things that have been imparted. I hope you took notes at 4.12. If you hadn't Wait till they, I don't know, I hope they're going to come out. But it's never the same as when you're being there. But go back to your notes. Like, read those things through. In your home groups, work them through. In the people you're accountable to, work it through. Like, do you remember this part, that part? Did you understand this? So let's not miss the opportunity. This was an extra. I, I, decided, I didn't know if I should put this in, but it's such a cool story. I, I, I absolutely feel like I, I have to put this in. In 1266, okay, 800 years ago, a long time ago, some, there was somebody that you've, all of you have heard of. 
Any guesses? Jesus? No. Huh? 1266. Come on, guys. No. No. Come on. Ooh, should have paid attention in school. The history classes. Marco Polo. Marco? Actually, this is more about his dad, Niccolo Polo, and his brother, Mafio Polo. They, they explored the East, and they met Kublai Khan. This is history, or as much as we know from history. They met Kublai Khan. At that time, he was the world ruler over everything East. China, India, all of the East, much more than, than today. Like, all, he was the ruler. And they, they met with him, and he wasn't... A Buddhist, he wasn't a Muslim, he wasn't a Christian, uh, and he wasn't oppressing on religions either. Sounded like not too bad a guy, but I don't know. Then they told him about Christianity, and in a sense, they made him want it. They, they told him, and it sounded so good to him, that he was convinced, and he said this, he, he basically decreed to them, to Niccolo and Matteo, he told them this. You shall go back to your high priest, which is the Pope at that time, okay? You shall go back to your high priest and tell him on my behalf to send me 100 men skilled in your religion, okay? Skilled in your religion. And I shall be baptized. And when I am baptized, all my barons and all my great men will also be baptized. And their subjects will be baptized, Think about Asia, okay? So, there will be more Christians here than there are in your parts. That was a decree from Kublai Khan. Okay? How much more of a gap of an opportunity do you want if you're an evangelist? It's like a third of the world, you know? Now, I'm not saying that they would have been good Christians because if that happened. So, what did happen? They went back, but these two brothers were actually businessmen. They weren't evangelists. So they never brought the hundred priests. They, brought, they only came back like 30 years later, and they brought three. So nothing happened. And, you know, all the religions that's running there now. You know, it was eventually taken over by Islam and so on. But that was an opportunity. So I don't know what, what could have, you could have, would have, should have, you know, but that's an interesting piece of history of an opportunity. Don't miss the opportunity God gives. Don't miss what God is doing. A little bit of theory on this. Not the history, just something else. You get two kinds of time according to what we... Sometimes the Bible uses two, two concepts of time. Chronos and Kairos. Ever heard of those? I thought about throwing them up there, but I didn't look, want to look like a, a, a teacher of Greek. But it's... Chronos and Kairos. Chronos is the general ticking on of time, chronological, okay? And um, Kairos is an opportune time, a moment where something can happen. So there can, you can have a lot of Chronos and then Kairos. So you can be faithful in the Chronos as time goes on, and then God, boom, God brings a moment where something can happen. You can take the opportunity. You can bring a hundred priests. You can set up a belay station. 
there's an opportunity to do something. Galatians 6 verse 9 says this, Let us not grow weary in doing good, for at the right time, kairos, that time word is kairos, we shall reap if we do not grow weary. So there's a sense, do not grow weary in doing good. You're doing good. You're doing good. You're living your day. It's tough, but you're doing good. Keep going. And you're encouraged here by the Spirit. Do not grow weary. Keep going. Because at the right time, which, whose time? God's right time. Kairos moment, we shall reap if we do not grow weary. Okay, so God knows all about these things. An example of this, Abraham receives a promise of God to have a son, Isaac. But there's 20, 24 years before Isaac comes after that. That's a lot of chronos. But he had to be faithful. And you know that he tried to, he tried to make it happen with Ishmael. But 24 years later was the opportunity and Isaac came. The Israelites were in Egypt 400 years. That's a lot of chronos. They had to be there until the right time came. It says, then God tells them, I am changing the season, chronos. So, the, oh, sorry, Kairos. A lot of Kronos, and then God says, okay, I'm changing the season now. So let's look out for the season that changes. The Israelites were in the desert for 40 years. We know that. And they're going, and they're going, and they're going. And then God tells, tells Joshua, get ready, because in three days you're going to war. Think about this. 40 years, every single person, and we're talking like 2 million people, have grown up in the desert. Never fought anything. Okay, there were a few skirmishes, but they, they, they're slaves. Now this new generation with desert people, now they say, okay, now you must go to war in three days. That's a big change. That's a big kairos. You know? And should they, take, should they take hold of that or not? Saul, on the road to Damascus, had a kairos moment. You know what happened there? God said, why are you persecuting me? Because he was persecuting Christians, Right? Part of his body. But then only 13 years later, 13 years of him like doing business with God and studying stuff and, and working it through with other apostles and being in church. 13 years of that after that moment, after he's convinced he changes his life, he's working towards something else. 13 years in a church meeting, the Spirit speaks. Boom. And it says, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. A Kairos moment. What if he didn't go to church? Wouldn't have happened. You know? Kairos moment. Let's not... And then only did Paul enter his ministry. So I believe that, that we are now in a Kairos time. The opportunity is great. But we have to walk in it. We can't just go... Okay, like, like the weather, you know. You don't make the weather happen. It's like, okay, it's a sunny day, it's a rainy day. It's happening to me. This is not happening to us. We are in that time, but it's our opportunity. We have to take hold of it. Let's not miss those opportunities. Galatians 4.4, 4, when the fullness of time came. So think about time. When the fullness of time came, God sent his son, born of a woman. It wasn't... Uh, let's chuck it in Bethlehem that time. No, it was the exact perfect time when the fullness of time came. God knew when he was going to do it. Nowhere was it like, oops, wrong, wrong timing, got the timing wrong there. It wasn't. 
when the, full, the time was, it came to fulfillment, and then Jesus came at the right time. God is meticulous in His timing and the things. So what is He doing with us now in this time? Because He's as attentive to time now as He was the day that Jesus came to earth. It's the same God. It's still His plan. Let's not miss it. John 21 verse 3, Peter said, you know, at, at, um, you don't have to worry, Clayton. At, um, in that time, Peter is disillusioned. Jesus is crucified. He's gone. Peter doesn't know what to do. So what does he do? He says, I'm going fishing. And he goes fishing. He goes back to what he used to know. He goes back to his old ways from three years ago, or before he, left, he walked with Jesus. He goes back to that. Because he was missing that Kronos moment that Jesus was doing. But Jesus finds him there. He finds him on the beach. And he encourages him. And Paul was like, whoa, okay. And then Jesus tells them, wait till you receive the Holy Spirit. Another Kronos moment. What if they didn't wait? What if they all went back fishing? You know? They waited. What if they didn't wait and the Holy Spirit never came? What would, what would we have done? We, we wouldn't have been here. No ways. And then when they did get that, the Holy Spirit, 3,000 get saved on that same day. Kronos moment, opportunity. Peter steps up and says, you crucified him. And people repent and 3,000 get saved. Kronos moment. It's the only point I've got. It's one point. Don't miss the opportunity. So how do we do this? Because God has a destiny for us. We were talking about it today. God has a destiny for us. But if you read about destinies in the Bible, destinies are contested. You have to fight for your destiny. It's your destiny, but you have to fight for it. In Joshua 1 verse 3, God tells them, Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you. Okay? That's the first sentence. So you're thinking, like, remember that, that guy, La Linea, that French line, the white line. Of, do you guys know what I'm talking about? It was a TV thing. Was it was La Linea? This guy would walk like this. And he would laugh. Long time ago. It was, it was in Kronos. So... But you remember that line thing? Yes, okay, okay, yeah. Sorry, sorry, wrong, bad example. Anyway, when I read this first, every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I thought it's like that. He steps here, okay, this is mine, and this is mine, and this is mine, and, you, and this is mine, and this, you know, that's what, I, that's what I read there. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads. Treads is not the best translation for that word. What is meant there is, Every place that you seize and hold on to and tenaciously not let go, I have given to you. Because the sentence, what it means, the sentence after is, every place you are willing to claim and fight for, I will let you win it. If you are willing to fight for it, I will let you win it. But you have to fight for it. It sounds a bit weird, eh? But it's not going to happen to you. Like, okay, I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a Kairos moment this school, we're going to go ahead. It's going to happen to me. No. It's that we're taking it. 
we're holding on to it. We're setting up a belay station. We're setting up those anchors. We're jumping on that train. We're catching it. We're not like, oh, here's the train. There goes the train. No, you get onto it. We have to take it. We can't just let it happen to us. We have to claim it, and then God will let us win it. It's not just, it's not just given to us. It's assigned to us. So there's a responsibility. Last week, uh, Hannes, Hannes was here, and he had a word in worship about Matthew 25, about the talents, the five and the two and the one talents. You all know that. If you don't, go and look at it, Matthew 25. It's a very cool and scary story um, about being a good steward. But this is the same thing. These opportunities, they are assigned to us. Opportunity to hold on to the stuff that's been imparted. And we have a responsibility to steward it well. Land was given to the Israelites, but they had to possess the land. They couldn't just, like, chill on the beach there. They had to possess it. So, how do we do that, you know? But like I mentioned earlier, in your quiet times, praying it through, rewriting some of those things, talking it through, applying it to our lives, exercise it out. That's how we get these things in. And then, uh, the third point on this is to do it in faith. To move in faith. We can't do it without it. We have to do it in faith. Like the Israelites having to go to war in three days. You know, when Joshua, when Joshua gets back to the Jordan, you know, and suddenly it's the flooding season. You know, go read that pass, Joshua 3. Yeah? Go, like, it's the, suddenly the river Jordan is flooded. And they were just told, no, 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 you can get through this. Not just get through, then you have to go take Jericho. Okay. They get there, suddenly it's flooded. These guys are desert people. They've never swum in their lives. They've never swum. They've never seen so much water. The, the previous generation saw more water with the Red Sea, and they only heard about that. Now suddenly there's this river. You know, you can imagine the guys getting to the river and saying, Joshua, this is impossible. And they're like, do you mean impossible or impossible? You know, because you can, you know, dad jokes. Thank you. But it was impossible. It was like they've never seen so much water, you know. They had to move in faith. We need, we need help to, to claim in our, our inheritance. We can't do it alone. It's not like you, okay, you've given this to me. No, you've given it to us as a family, as a congregation. That's why I want us all to go camp there next year, but we'll see. We'll see if that happens. I don't think it will. But let's, we are better together. So in your families, husbands and wives, work it through. Like, husbands, have you asked your wife, so what was the highlight for you of 412? And what did you learn? And vice versa. Have you asked that? Have you worked it through? In a home group, have you asked that? For your children, what was the highlight in? God's timing is perfect. Let's not miss what he's, going, what he's doing with us now. John 9 verse 4 says, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11. Look up there. He has made everything beautiful in its time. God is all about time, guys. Romans 13, 11. Do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. 
there's a time, guys. There's a time. Things are happening. We're not the same that we used to be, and we're not going to be the same. I love the story of Esther. Where Haman tells her, and who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Specific, like surgically, in this time. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2. I'm just about done. It's just, I love all these. As I started searching for more scriptures around timing, and I could see God's heart in, in timing and heart for the lost in timing, that time is actually running out. For every person, there's a time where your time will run out. Whether you've either hardened your heart so much that you can, you can never go back, or that you actually just die. Somehow, all of our time is going to run out. You know, and like, look at 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2. In the time of my favor, I heard you, and in the day of salvation, I, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. 2 Peter 9, 3. The Lord is not slow about His promise, but is patient towards you, not willing for any to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He's patient. He's patient, but He's not tolerant. He's not going to tolerate our nonsense, but He's patient with us. You know, the Israelites in the desert for 40 years, in Egypt for 400 years. He's patient. He's outside of time, but He's not tolerant. And if you, like, as soon as I feel there's a deadline, I get apprehensive, you know. I must get everything done before that date. And then you read this, Colossians 3.15, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. God is intentional, and He's in control. And we are walking with Him. Let's not lose what He's doing Let's not lose track of him. Let's secure and keep and embed what is imparted in us, that we don't lose that. Let's take hold of what he's doing, and let's not miss this train. Because he's going ahead, with or without us, and he, his heart is for us to all be with him. So let's all be with him. Is that okay? Thanks, guys. Thanks for being attentive. Nikki? Okay. Sorry. Sorry, this is not a show, guys. We, we're trying to follow the Lord on what, what, what the next thing is to do and what the right thing is to do. It, we, it's not rehearsed. It, we're not slick. Sometimes it's messy. Luke, you want to do?